beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. beautiful people. Thank you and welcome to Chronicles Abroad. I'm Francis. And I'm Nubia. So today we're sitting here with Jerry. Jerry is a Philadelphia native. He's been traveling the world and he left his corporate job back in 2014. He went off to Paris, France, and he just bought a one-way ticket. And since then, he's been touring and exploring this whole world abroad, hosting his first adventure podcast, where he specifically highlights men of color and his podcast called Point Noir. And it's pretty much a, a casual cafe style conversations to provide not only practical tips, but to really provide some insights on the transformative power of travel, which is something that we are all for, but it's really through the black perspective. So thank you, Jerry, for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. You too. I appreciate it. For sure. So you are doing some amazing things, you let me are. just say. <laughs> Thank you. But before I go into why I'm in awe of the things that you're doing, let's go mm -hmm. back a little bit. Can you just give us a little bit about your whole travel journey? Okay, definitely. So growing up, I think I've always been curious and I still really am. Curiosity drives most of what I do. I read a lot of books, so I, I heard of a lot of places, knew a lot about nature, but we didn't really travel internationally as a family. So I didn't take my first international trip until I was in high school. We went to Canada. We saw uh, Quebec and Montreal. And I was like, okay, there's, you know, there's something out here. There's a, I wouldn't have said vibe back then because it's kind of trendy now, but you felt something different. It was exciting to be in a place where, you know, there's a little bit of French going on and the food tasted differently. And so when I got an opportunity to go overseas through my um, corporate job after college, I went to uh, France and went to Paris and I was just, I wasn't in love with Paris. I was in love with the idea of being in a place so different. So I asked if they would teach me French. They didn't do it. I asked them if they would give me a, a position overseas. They said no. I said, you sure? They said, we're sure. I said, cool. And I quit six months later and just went on my own. Wow, that's really, I mean, that's pretty courageous because when you say you went on your own, did you head back to States for a little bit or did you continue traveling? So I left the States. That was the summer of 2014, headed to Paris. I didn't know anybody there, but I, I had enough money to last about three months and I stayed there for 18. So we wow. was we was hustling. We was out there. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot because there are lots of opportunities abroad. And I think one of the hesitations that a lot of people have is like, how am I going to make money? Right. And we actually was talking to a couple last night and we're like, you know, if you come here, yeah, definitely secure something. However, if, when you get here, there's so many, you know, under the table things that you can do, uh, nothing dangerous, but like, just like you said, just teaching or cat sitting or all those other uh, random things that you can actually make some pretty good money. Yeah. Shout out to all the cat sitters out here racking in the, the bot. <laughs> <laughs> So how did Point Noir begin? Can you actually give 
our audience a little bit about Point Noir and how that got started. Okay, so I'm the host of the number one adventure podcast for men of color, and it's called Point Noir. And after coming back to the States in 2016, I was uh, struggling to kind of get back into the corporate world, find my place of employment. I recently came upon a new job after having some difficulties there. And I just really had a hard conversation with myself, like, bro, what do you want to do? Is this really the path you want to go on? And it just so happened that I was offered more tours to go overseas. So I made a decision that I would, because I'd already burned up on my vacation time, (laughs) burned it all up. And so I said, okay, this next trip is going to be your last trip. You won't have a job to come back to. And kind of this started as a passion project to provide the resource I didn't have to see people who looked like me, who had similar experiences like me that were traveling the world. I couldn't find them easily in 2014. You know, everybody I was looking up to was generally white and male. And you hear their experiences about how people, you know, in Italy or the UK or Australia or whatever, just embrace them with open arms. And you can't relate. You know what I'm saying? It sounds scary when you when you hear Tim Ferriss do it. You're like, well, Tim, you, you kind of look like them. So I wanted to create that catalog so that at any point in time, a man of color could say, OK, I got a story and I can trust what this brother's saying on the podcast because he does look like me and I can understand where he's coming from. We love that because we started a series specifically highlighting black men who are traveling the world and, you know, having an impact because we know that there aren't a lot of images and representation out there for black folks, let alone black men, you know, who are doing these sorts of things. And so we appreciate you creating that platform. I appreciate y'all reaching out. And some of the guests you've had on the show already, I've crossed paths with or have already become great friends with. So personally, like if I never did another podcast episode, just the connections I've made to have like-minded brothers that really understand the global mindset and support each other has been worth it alone. These are great people you have on the show. Yeah, we definitely felt that. And that's why we reached out to them because, you know, they just had provided so much value. Let's talk about it. Why do you think black men don't travel? Why why don't we see them out there as much? That is a really interesting question. I've asked the, the group of men I've interviewed that. And I think it's for two reasons, because I think when black men do travel, they travel a little bit differently than women do. From what I've heard is that abroad, a man of color who travels will generally stay there for a longer time, might stay there for six, seven years, where the women might go out for like two, three years and come back to the States. So that's one perspective I've heard. But I think it's this kind of, I don't want to call it an illusion, but this desire to provide for a family. You know, you have a lot of men of color, myself included, like I made more money than my dad did coming straight out of college. So you kind of get on this corporate track or start working these jobs or trying to fill out these loans. And your whole mind is thinking, I got to provide, provide, provide to to take off for a year or to possibly have to quit a job because you want to go on a trip. When you're looking at your future in that way, it's difficult to, you know, make that sacrifice with no, with no short payoff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've heard that too. So I totally agree with that. Let me ask you, so have you ever been subjected to any certain stereotypes? while you were traveling abroad. Probably, but I'm a little bit aloof. Um, I see. I might seem like <laughs> I know what's going on, but I'm just really out there doing my own thing. So I definitely understand that the history of France, there's there's a fetishism when it comes to uh, melanated skin a lot in France and in Europe in general. Even in South Africa, they have different, but I haven't been subject to that. But in France, yeah, th- it's cool. There's an appeal for, you know, men of color. Not only did we come through in World War II and liberate some of those small towns and influence jazz in the heart of Paris, but our athletes are rappers. So a lot of times when they come in contact and mistake you for Chris Rock or some other athlete, it's because that's the first thing they think of. So they definitely assign some of those attributes to you to either have money or to, you know, be cool or, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, we were just having a conversation about that earlier, about how, like you said, you're aloof. I'm aloof as well. I don't, I feel like no one's checking for me while being abroad, whereas in the <laughs> States, people are checking for me all the time. And there's pros and cons to that, you know what I mean? So, but I, I feel like the good outweighs the bad. But I think through all the experiences I've had abroad, it's just really educating folks. And you are a representation when you're traveling. Um, and some people don't always want to be that person, but I think it's important when you come across different cultures to have uh, a level of understanding and really get to know people. The good almost always outweighs the bad mm-hmm. when you consider the the full spectrum of things. Like things frustrate me in the states now. Like if I see a cop on the on the road or in public, and I notice that my heart rate kind of increases. I'm in Texas. I'm in Dallas, Texas, by the way. I hate that feeling. I hate knowing that I shouldn't have to feel that way around an authority figure. But I also understand the history. I've never felt that way abroad under any circumstances. And I've been in some less fun regions. I've been in Western Africa, Burkina Faso. I've been in the Congo where there's real danger. I don't ever feel that way. So, I mean, it's totally different to to feel yourself, to experience yourself in a place where you are celebrated and welcomed rather than just being tolerated, which is often the case here in the States. Yeah, no, that's a pretty accurate description. So do you have any plans of maybe moving abroad like again? Absolutely. (laughs) Actually, I just renewed the lease to my apartment. And about three months ago, I was like, man, what if I just stop paying rent in Dallas here? Because I hear Kuala Lumpur is half as expensive and it's pretty cool there. So I have these thoughts often really getting the financial component down, which is a little bit easier when you have a corporate job. But now that I'm on my own trying to figure out what I want to do as an entrepreneur, I do not make any money off the podcast, nor do I desire to. So now I'm just having to make those shifts and be creative as a business person. But yeah, uh, South Africa, Mexico and Southeast Asia all interest me as uh, hot spots to go. Okay. And what is it about those places that are interesting to you? Cost of living <laughs> is definitely first and foremost. When you look at it, I mean, it's it's no comparison. But also, these are areas where, you know, culture is popping. From my perspective, Europe is played out. And, you know, no shade to Europe, all my friends and stuff out there. But they've kind of had their fun. But you think of Africa as a continent. It's young. It's energetic. It's hungry. There are creative and business endeavors going on there every day. Just amazing stuff. That's an energy I want to be around. Southeast Asia has a lot of that energy. And Mexico is close, but also can get you wherever you need to go in the world. Yeah, but I definitely don't want to bust your bubble because like South Africa ain't cheap. Africa is not necessarily inexpensive to live. It's definitely not inexpensive to travel throughout the continent. You know, we talk about this a couple of times in a lot of our interviews is that we have this misconception coming from the U.S. that when you hit Africa, you're like, I'm in the motherland and I'm going to be embraced. And that's not necessarily the case. Not because of the color of your skin, Mm -hmm. because colorism does exist, but more or less because you're an American. You are considered a foreign person, period. Sure. And there's some of the xenophobia in South Africa, for sure. They had serious issues with that over the past couple of years. But South Africa also has the, uh, the groundwork. It has the infrastructure to build businesses. And I have friends there. So that helps as well. But I mean, Botswana, I love Botswana, just not too much to do there for me. There are other regions, but I've been to Johannesburg twice and loved it every time. And um, the way I feel about Josie is that the energy of the city, there's a place for you somewhere. No matter what your status in life, there are people out there in the lifestyle that you're interested in. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's a lot easier if you know people uh, that's already out there, but also like up and coming places as well provides lots of opportunities for anyone who's trying to, you know, get their hustle on and create some businesses and make those types of connections. 
you know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Western Africa, I think, is is definitely under underrated. And I have friends and, and uh, well, now family, essentially, out there. But uh, Josie just seems, I feel like I got to get back to Josie. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard that. That's so cute. Yeah. Jayberg, Josie, Johannesburg. You got to gotta get all the nicknames. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like it. You got to smooth talk the city before you get there. <laughs> That's true. I was cracking up. I'm like... I've never heard that before. Did you make that up or did you hear that? No, I heard it. My friends called it Josie, so J-O-Z-I. That's it. Oh, okay. That works. That works. <laughs> Learn new every day. Hey. How many places have you traveled? I think I might be at a, about a dozen countries, which is interesting because on my show, a lot of guests, I mean, I've guessed over a hundred countries, over 30, 40. But I also, I consider myself more of an adventurer than a traveler. I've done a deep dive for a year and a half in France, which introduced me to Africa and all throughout France and the history. So not a lot of people traveled that way. So which country is your favorite? Ooh. Oh, man, out of all, um, uh, I'd have to say South Africa. So far, South Africa okay. is my favorite. I could see that. I mean, we'll we'll do the. I'll visit you guys <laughs> out there. Trust me, I'm a, I'm gonna get out there. I know you're vouching pretty hard <laughs> to get on that side of the world, and I might love it as well. But South Africa just there's an energy there. It's South Africa is it's still finding itself, but there's a very almost like a a dangerous, exciting energy, and I really like that. No, that's great. I mean, Chiang Mai is a really great place. It's, a, I mean, it's amazing place for digital nomads. Uh, so, and it's easy to make those connections and do collaborative work here. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, not too far away, South Korea got the best uh, internet speeds in the world. So that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? I'd be taking notes. I'm watching. <laughs> he says he's watching. So, do you have a, a favorite episode? Any episode of that comes to mind for you? Ooh, a session of ours that we did that was really cool. We had uh, one with Darnell Walker, who actually, maybe two. So you guys had one of the guests on your show, Will Edmond. Will is just an amazing, an amazing brother. Super friendly, vegan, tall, just out there doing his thing. He's probably the friendliest person on earth. That was a great time because we actually did that one face to face. Darnell Walker, he has a travel company called Passport Required, where he takes people on an undisclosed destination. You just sign up for the trip. He says, all right, pack your backpack, no suitcase, your backpack. You have like a 20 pound maximum uh, in terms of the weight you can bring. And that's it. He just takes you on a trip and people are getting their life. Those are two guys who organize trips and have such a good attitude and perspective on the culture that, yeah, I got to shout them out. That's really exciting, though. Can you imagine? I love it. Just pack that back. Yeah. Yeah, just show up at the airport. Yeah, there's a few like <laughs> right. organizations that do that and I hear that they're amazing. From type A personality, that's a great thing to like get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and relinquish the need to have to plan everything. So I think right. that those trips are not just fun, but they're challenging for mm -hmm. you as a person mm -hmm. to break out of your box. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the group dynamic, you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know who you're going to be. If it's your first time out the country, like it's that's real. And to manage that, he's done over 30 trips in the past three years. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. So what have you learned about other cultures through your travels? Uh, I feel like it's cliche, but we're we're all dealing with the same things. We're all dealing with similar stuff. People, 
you know, they want to be, they want to be loved. They want to have close relationships. They want to feel important. They want to have security. And that just gets manifested in so many different ways. And one of the best ways that I've seen that is when I go to different regions of Africa and see what, see what life looks like there. And they ask us, you know, they're like, oh, the States, everything's great. You know, people are poor. Like, hey, we're suffering here. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's have a broader discussion. You know, they see people like Beyonce and, and uh, President Barack Obama and think that, you know, the sky's the limit. I was like, you guys got to understand this is the exception. And there's a lot of us you don't see. While we might be in a, a walled structure or you might have a car. I said a lot of people are in the cars and homeless or so close to broke that they can feel it every time they get up. So they work three jobs a day. So um, having those discussions about how sometimes it's just relative due to your economy or your country's history, like people all over the place. The you same. hit it right on the nose because that's what I've sensed. Like no matter where you go, people have the same needs. You know, the whole thing about like we bleed the same blood, you know what I'm saying? Because we're all going through the right. same stuff, same development. And we're really not that different. Really not that different. We have more in common than we have not in common. And having an ability to discuss that is is such a such a big deal. It's been it's been hugely important. My ability to learn, especially from young Africans, and my ability to share my perspective. I had a young lady friend of mine. She's um now at Harvard doing her master's, but we used to talk on the phone for hours, and she'd be like, "No, Jerry, I don't think it's like this. It's different." When I go to the states, you know, we'll see. And then I saw her last year, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry." <laughs> you were right. And, you know, it wasn't no shade or anything. It was just like, no, you really have to come here to really live in the country and, and feel what it's like to be watched in a mm. grocery store. When you come from a country where it's 90% black and everybody you know is black, like you need to feel a gaze of a police officer or see some unfair mistreatment on the news that never makes it internationally. There's a lot going on here for us. For real. That's just real life. So what have you learned specifically about yourself after traveling the world so much? Being out there just kind of loose. <laughs> I, I've learned that I probably feel my best when I'm in an environment and I just have to figure things out. Oh, man. whether that So I taught myself French while I was in France as well. And I was committed to that. So I was a musician. I'm on the scene. You know, my first second week in the city, I'm having to learn how to speak French on stage with musicians. And I sound terrible. But, you know, a year later, I sounded great. I love those experiences. I'm my most self when I just get to experiment and explore and try to figure something out. If I have that kind of steady, you know, kind of like the corporate jobs I've all left. If I have that steady progression, I get bored. There's just not enough in it for me. So this year, I'm definitely focused on traveling more or stretching my you know, we've talked about maybe meeting up. I don't know how that's going to work out, but maybe I just buy a ticket and, you know, it's always worked out before. <laughs> so that's what I've learned about myself, that I'm really OK when things are uncertain. I think that's huge because I feel like that's what travel does, because a lot of people that we talk to and we always ask them what's next and they're OK with not knowing what's next. You know, and I think that's what creates a lot of suffering. Is that's the, fact the adventure. That, yeah. You know, that's what creates a lot of suffering is the right. fact that you want to know what's next all the time. Or be in control. Yeah. You want to be guaranteed all of this stuff all of the time and life does not work that way. So I think travel is a good practice of the allowing yourself to just be. I think that's part of it. Now, my perspective, while I maintain that I'm an optimist and I promote positive energy, I think through travel, I've seen things be taken away. 
and realizing the reality that I've lost loved ones, I've missed graduations, I've missed weddings, I've, you know, I've seen things be taken away. I was in Paris for the terrorist attacks, the, the Bataclan and the other one in the region. And you realize, wait a second, like nothing is guaranteed. So if people are transitioning on to the next world every single day, I'd rather be in a plane crash going to do something I want, or I'd rather spend my time with the people and activities that I enjoy, because this can really go away at any moment. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the fragility of, of life, really. You know what I mean? That's why we always say, listen, you don't know. We could walk out here and get hit by a bus. So it's better to start creating your life in a way that brings you that joy. Exactly, exactly. And you get to see that when you when you travel more, because in your own comfort zone, even being back here in the States, you naturally facilitate this environment where you feel comforted, you feel encased, you feel like there's some insulation, but it's really an illusion. Not to get too, not to get too uh, deep on that. No, but. I love it. I, I I get real esoteric, and that's that's really <laughs> what it is. It's all an yeah. illusion. Oh man, that's a whole other conversation. Though. I know, right? That's a, that's a whole another podcast. Um, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to our esoteric segment featuring uh, Plato and uh, <laughs> Socrates. We're just going to go at this forum style. I'm just trying to tell you that's what happens when you start getting into good conversation. But what kind of Hmm, let me think. So I know you're passionate about black men traveling in general. Why mm -hmm. do you feel it's so important for black men to travel? Man, given the position that that black men have, I think it's important for, for our self-esteem, you know, to, to make it real personal, like, or to share some personal insight. I was in South Carolina. I'm from outside of Philadelphia. So going to college in the South, like, the king of the South is South Carolina. Don't let them don't let them slow play you like the, you know, uh, they seceded first. There's a lot of culture there. So, you know, I'm a young kid from the north, did, you know, did school, was an athlete, did well there, got two degrees, worked my first job, making money, blah, 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 blah. But socially, there wasn't a vibe there. I had people close to my circle who I knew couldn't date black guys because of their dad. And, you know, I had an ex at one point whose grandfather didn't like black guys, like shit like that. And it really starts to wear away at your perception of self, your self-confidence, your, your ego. And I think we're under a lot of that. You look at the news, you see who's perpetrated as criminals and all this sort of stuff. Just the visuals that we get here on a daily basis tell us internally that we are bad, that we are problematic. And when you go out to a different country, when you go even just to Europe, you get a breath of fresh air where you say, wait a second, this is just a localized perception to the United States. I actually am somebody. I actually have value. And when you come back, you're not going to take that from anybody else. And time after time, guest after guest, people share that similar perspective. They went out and they came back and they said, OK, I got this. I know who I am now. And that's critical for black men to progress and continue being leaders in our communities, to be positive influences to our kids, to to our partners, our wives, our girlfriends, boyfriends, what have you. Because the show is across the, you know, the sexuality spectrum is all over the place. It's important for black men to to travel so that they can realize themselves to be the leaders that they can be. Powerful words. I love it. I mean, coming from a mother of a black boy, I would say the resources were available more to get them abroad younger because right. i think as men get older we talked about this earlier in the podcast it's about providing and stuff like that but as a young black male being able to have exposure to other cultures outside of their country is invaluable 
Yes, and I think there should, uh, hopefully there are some programs for that. I know every time I mention, hey, we give away passports, people are like, well, have you thought about the kids? And I was like, yeah, they already thought about the kids. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but even, even the opportunity to study abroad in school, or I know there are trips out there. I know people are trying to create great things for kids. So I hope an opportunity like that comes comes to fruition for, for your son. That would be great. So tell us a little bit about your passport giveaway since you, you brought it up before. So let us know what is it that you actually offer? Sure. Uh, so once a month at this point, and I wish it was once a week at another point, but we sponsor a man of color to get their passport. We've uh, we started in June of last year of 2018, and we just sponsored our seventh man to get his passport. So we take care of your passport application fees. It's $110. We take care of your processing fee. That's $35. And we do your picture, which is you know usually another $15. So we get rid of the financial burden of getting a passport, hopefully to encourage you to go out and see the world, to go and live the dreams that you have in your head. That's beautiful, Jerry. <laughs> that really is. Thank you. We love that. Have you had any people who have won and used their passport already? We are working on that. So I'm having some <laughs> learnings of the show. I have one guy who just got his passport. And let me tell you, he's been the fastest on it. Because for the first time I asked, I was like, yo, do you think you get this done in the next like 30 days? He's like, bro, I set the appointment right now. He had set his appointment so quickly, I didn't have a chance to get his check in the mail. So um, he already has a trip planned to uh, Montego Bay to go to Jamaica. And I think another trip to the Dominican Republic. So I'm excited for him. As of yet, no one has used their passport, and that is full transparency. And I'll say sometimes things come up and they don't take the steps. So I'm finding ways to, you know, I, there's very low barrier to entry to get the passport. Um, but also, you know, some people maybe don't want it as badly as I thought they would have, <laughs> if I'm being uh, frank. But, you know, it's worth it for me to attempt to invest in men of color and only a percentage of them get what they need out of it because that's going to be worth it. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, you can lead a, what is it, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And yeah. I think you putting it out there shows that this is really important. And I feel like it's one of those seeds that you plant over time and then you, you will see what you've harvested at some point. Um, I think it's just one of those small wins. The fact that that guy, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him that he already has these two countries in mind that he's going to visit. So can't wait to see some, hopefully he tags you, send some pictures because that's going to be so fun to watch. Absolutely. Another one, he, he hosts his own travel show that is mostly based domestically. And so I know at some point he will leave the country and, you know, even if it's just to Canada. I'm excited for him and I want them to all be guests on the show because I want to hear about their first international travel experience. That's what's up. How long um, has the podcast been up? We started Juneteenth of 2018. So June 19th, I launched it from Paris, France, and we've been going weekly ever since. Podcasting isn't as easy as I thought. I really do enjoy <laughs> the conversations, but the technical stuff behind it, and listen, it's a learning curve, man. I just started editing like two months ago. I didn't used to edit the show. And uh, now I edit and every hour of conversation brings about three to four hours of editing. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I edit other people's podcasts and I just, it's, it's. A why? And I mean, why, why do you do that? <laughs> do you, you need a hug? Are you okay? Are you she, she does hours, uh -huh. right? And so I'm like, I'm doing it anyway. I might as well get paid for some of it. <laughs> that was exactly her response. She was just like. 
why not? I'm already editing. I was like, okay, whatever. Because <laughs> wow. I can't do it. The ums and the breaths. And... But I, I love it. Then you should be doing it. It's you like should editing. be doing it. Send me, send me your fiber gig. Let me know what's up. <laughs> so silly. You better look. That's a plug. <laughs> so who is one person that you wish they would travel one type of person or just one particular individual? Uh, one person, maybe a family, a friend. You're like, man, I, I wish they would just, you know, get out and just see the world. Hmm. So I have a small circle as it is. And I can give you an answer, but one, nobody really comes to mind. You know, actually, big up to my sister. Uh, she visited me in Paris, took a trip to Amsterdam by herself and just got a job in Amsterdam. So if anybody's listening, awesome. you, and a corporate, I mean, she's working for Uber. That's awesome. Gang, gang, Uber gang. Yeah. So, I mean, if y'all <laughs> think it's not possible, she put that grind in for months, did her interviews, you know, woke up early, stayed late to, you know, work with the time zone, but got the gig. So y'all can make it happen. But there's a realization I've had when it comes to travel, especially men of color, is that it's not for everybody. You know, it's for us. And we become such advocates. We become such, you know, cheerleaders for the experience. But you know what? Some people need to stay their ass at home. And that's where they're going to be most fulfilled. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's not for Listen. you, bro. And if you don't, it's just, it, but that's real. Like I, I skydive. And if someone tells me, no, I don't want to skydive. I'm not going to sell it to you. Cool. Yeah, no. Stay on the ground because ultimately it's not for everybody. I'm passionate. I'm a fan, but it's not for everybody. And there might be somewhere where you need to really be planted to be fulfilled and live out your journey, your purpose, because ultimately we can't travel the way we do unless we have teachers who stay in the same place. We have people running the power grid. We have elected officials. They can't they can't live like we do. We can't have a whole bunch of world of Jerry's. It doesn't the world doesn't function the way we know it. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not for you, cool. Let's talk about something else. Like yeah. you like to drink? I love that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think and we agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, we never want to force anyone, but I think the main message is whatever you choose in life, make sure you're fulfilled and happy doing it and you're taking care of yourself. And I think travel does allow that moment too for you to reset, whether you just do a staycation, you know what right. I mean? But you really have to take care of yourself. I am an advocate of a staycation. We know. Staycation. Yeah. I'm trying no. to get her out the house. <laughs> go get you a nice go get you the <laughs> nicest Airbnb that you can find. Um or even hostels. I want to check out some of the hostels in, in the DFW area just to show people that a hostel you won't get murdered in one because that is the first thing people yeah, think. her staycation is her bedroom that's what she means oh do you do you at least get room service do you, do you get room service though no i like to oh. cook i find enjoyment in that like to me <laughs> a staycation can mean everything like having the space to yourself okay you get what i'm saying and enjoying and indulging in me time, the most beautiful time of the day. Yeah, you know it's funny because sidebar. So, so we've been living together for under a year, almost. We've you know, been roommates, roommates, for... yeah. And we, this is our first roommate situation in life. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, outside of our children, outside, outside of our children, house, yeah. But yeah. Uh, she's my first roommate, so that's why we're like, oh yeah. Wait, not even just first, like, roommate. We're first roommates as fucking adults. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Wow. Because I was 39 mm -hmm. with my first ever adult roommate. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's funny. She just had a revelation. I did. I'm like, 
it at 39. I mean. Wow. So for those of you guys listening, you guys didn't get to see our little uh, video introduction. But right now there's this meme going around saying how hard did such and such years hit you? Listen, they oh, didn't yeah. touch these two women at all. I was like 30. I was I had to count on my fingers. I was like, she's a liar. I'm going to podcast with a liar. <laughs> 39 my left foot. Get out of here. You're so silly. Oh, my gosh. I'm 41 now. You're making it look easy. Thank we should you. all hope to be like y'all. Whatever y'all doing, it's working. Oh, it might be traveling? Okay. It's easy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I could say like this. Okay. I'm always the one playing the devil's advocate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Traveling is a beautiful thing. No, it really is. And it is transformative. Mm-hmm. But to live that travel life, it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it can be really harsh on you mentally, physically, and financially if you don't do it right. So people, because I hear people all the time and they're just like, oh my gosh, I want to be able to do this, da, 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 and they're going on and on and on. And I'm just like, sometimes just going one place and just enjoying where you right. are in the present time is what matters most instead of trying to hit three, four, five countries in one trip or cities or whatever. And I'm just like, you lose the enjoyment of just being. There's a spectrum. And for me, I think there are three types of people who leave their home area. You have tourists, you have travelers, you have adventurers. I'm an adventurer. I do what I want when I want. And if I want to have an experience that was supposed to be two days that turns into two months, so be it. But there's some people that I've been introduced to through the show, like real travelers, like, yo, I got to hit eight countries a year. I got to hit 10. I have to get on a plane. And I admire that, especially getting to know some of them more. But some other people just want the stamps. So the stress for them equals clout or it equals status. And that's a different sort of deal. That's a different sort of motivation to get out there, to spend the money, to spend the time. And uh, I don't know much about that. Yeah. That's not my motivation. I like the slow travel. You know what I mean? Spend a couple months right. here and there, get to know the culture a little bit. But yeah, I guess we all, whatever you know, makes us happy, I guess, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think it changes your perspective. You know, I, I vet my guests before they make it to the show. I want guests with perspective. And I know there are cats out here, especially in the States on the East Coast, who brothers consider themselves travelers. They're just hitting up Dominican, <laughs> you know, twice a year for... <laughs> Whatever activity we don't, you know, we're not travel shaming. No we're not anybody, travel shaming. Lord. I'm sorry, but I know no. those people, man. I know them. I used to. But you know what I'm one. saying? Oh yeah, I travel. <laughs> oh, convert. You know what? You saw you saw a light. I'm not going to say that light. You saw a light, and uh, you seem to be enjoying it. So walk your path. I'm just saying. I'm looking for men who have perspective from you know who are learning and growing from this stuff. But if you you know just popping off to. DR, yeah, yeah I mean, cool. We, we might not have as much. To whatever floats your boat at the end of the day. Right. Pop off the DR and don't speak any Spanish. But I tell people all the time to start with the Caribbean because truth be told, travel is travel. So right. I don't care if you go to another state. I don't care if you go to the Caribbean islands. Sometimes just having that different environment is enough. And most times, I mean, the Caribbean islands are absolutely stunning. So it yeah. shows you what another kind of atmosphere looks like and it's in its natural form 
Right, right, definitely. And there's so much history there. I just posted something on Instagram today, but a lot of us don't realize how small that the the American portion of the slave trade was, that we have sisters, cousins, brothers in the Caribbean and all throughout that area. Like, we need to learn what's going on in Haiti and why that's important and significant for all of us. But some people, it's it's just the visual thing. So I think there's a divide there. It's just what, what interests people. Caribbean's cool. I'm down with Canada. Go see Canada. You don't know nothing about Canadian bacon. You know? <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Maple syrup is a one. Like it's great. I love it. But Canada's a beautiful place. I love too. Canada. If it wasn't so cold, man, I'd probably I'd probably yeah, live go there, get chilly. Man, we, it's, it's just what too cold. We need the survival skills. We need them. We're gonna need them. We're gonna need you. <laughs> we need them now, not cold. Now I said the cat. But um <laughs> So what kind of advice would you give to what kind of advice do you give? to your audience because you are talking to men who are looking to potentially get out and travel. So what does that advice look like? So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight Check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. I think first and foremost, what I've, what I've learned myself from the show is to chase the flight deal. If you want to get out, get on a website like Secret Flying, subscribe to their newsletter, and just look for the deal so that you can financially see it's possible that you can make it halfway across the world for under a grand or something like that. So get your flights figured out and then be open to new opportunities. You know, if you say you want to travel, do the research. I'm noticing that a lot of people do not research. I live in my in my small world. My phone is one of the most powerful devices on the planet. If I have a question, whether that be like, what's the difference between a lime and a lemon? Like I'm in the grocery store Googling that shit. Be motivated enough for your own goal to research it. I'm happy to provide a resource. You guys are happy to provide a resource. But if you don't have that internal engine that'll keep you going, I don't know how far that's going to get you. So find your flight, do your research because that's 80% of the game and then have fun with it. Just be easy. Be open to opportunities. Be open to the experiences when you do arrive. Solid advice. Yeah. Hey, I, a little bit of practice. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he can't no, <laughs> That's what's Got up. my teleprompter and everything. I'm ready. <laughs> so. so, Jerry, tell folks where they could find you and your podcast. Absolutely. So to check out the show, Point Noir, we are on all podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify might be the best places you can find us. It's P-O-I-N-T space N-O-I-R. And the Instagram page is at Point Noir show. You'll see my face up on there. You'll see Point Noir in some of our episodes. And if you want to follow me personally, my personal Instagram is Jerry the Third, Jerry underscore T H E, the number three R D. So it spells out Jerry the Third. And um, yeah, uh, shoot me a message. Uh, I love to get feedback. I love to know what people are interested in. And I'm pretty much in my phone all day. So hit me, me up. Too. You sound like Nubia. I was going to say, oh my God. <laughs> I, like, I, I barely even want to touch mine. <laughs> That's why the teamwork makes the dream work. Exactly. You, you need both halves. Exactly. But right now, I'm I'm Had on. Had I not been on my phone like that, I wouldn't have met Jerry. Well, you, that's what you do. We already agreed. So I don't have to be on my phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, that that works. That's that's a compromise. That's perfect. And it's true, though. The connections I've made. Listen, my first shout out to my first 10 guests who did the show, because a random dude with a product that doesn't exist. Hey, I want to start a podcast. You want to be a guest? They trusted a stranger from the freaking Internet and said, yeah, I'll give up an hour plus of my time so that you can record my voice. Like, that's real. That's the world we live in. It's so much power in being able to have authentic connections that start online and then that's hopefully true. become more meaningful and more realistic later on. Absolutely. And that's been our experience as well. So let me ask you, how did you actually come up with Point Noir? Well, like, where did that name come from? Point Noir was kind of my play on a little bit of French, a little bit of English slang. So Point means just um, a place, a gathering place is really what I think of it as. And noir, spelled N-O-I-R, it means black in French, but this is the masculine form. So this was the gathering place for black men <laughs> in this context. So I see it kind of as this imaginary place where when you put on your headphones or you put on your you know speaker and listen to the show that no matter where you are in the world, you're there at Point Noir with us. It's it's kind of like a fictional island location where we just broadcast and send out these good vibes and great stories. It's like Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. It's a, it's a minor outlying island of Wakanda. Flights 45 yes. minutes. <laughs> I felt something, yeah. I, love, I yes. love that, a gathering for black men. And God, we need spaces like that. You know, black women need spaces like that. Black men need spaces like that. So, Jerry, thank you so much for being on the show. And we wish you so much success with your podcast and all the wonderful things that you're doing with uh, black men. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate the time, Francis and Nubia. You guys have been great. And I hope yeah, we keep talking sure. and hopefully it. meet up one day. Like, yes. I'm Let's down for happen, when, when it can happen. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard so, that, folks. Count on. Okay. On, on the record. record. <laughs> on record. Thank you, on record. Jerry. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.